Welcome to the All Souls Episcopal Parish in Berkeley's Sermon Podcast. Today is the third Sunday after the Epiphany, and we hear from the Reverend Dr. Ruth Myers as she preached from the lectionary, which was Matthew chapter 4, verses 12 to 23. As always, you can find more sermons or information about All Souls on our homepage, which is allsoulsparish.org. says Jesus, and they do. First Peter and his brother Andrew, then James and John, the sons of Zebedee. They're fishermen, and they drop their nets, their livelihood, and they go. Who among us would make such a radical choice like that. I don't know about you, my life has been pretty carefully planned. Every major decision I've made, college, seminary, graduate school, employment, marriage, parenthood, every life commitment has been carefully discerned. I take my time imagining the implications of my choices, talking with friends, family, spiritual director, praying deeply. What about you? As Matthew tells the story, Peter and Andrew leave their nets immediately to follow Jesus. James and John not only leave their nets and their boat, they leave their father. Following Jesus was compelling. Not a decision pondered for minutes or hours, much less days or months. So let's dig into the story. What does Jesus offer that is so powerful? Jesus calls these four men at the beginning of his ministry. He's been baptized by John the Baptist and then gone straight to the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights of fasting and temptation. Now, he leaves his childhood home in Nazareth and moves to Capernaum on the northwest shore of the Sea of Galilee. But he doesn't just leave Nazareth, he flees. The Greek word that is translated withdrew suggests escape. It's the word that Matthew uses when an angel warns Joseph that Herod wants to kill the baby Jesus. So Joseph, Mary, and Jesus flee to Egypt. 
After the family returns to Israel, they learn that Herod's son Archelaus is ruling. And once again, warned in a dream, they escape to Nazareth. As the story begins today, Jesus learns that John the Baptist has been arrested. John had criticized Herod for sleeping with his brother's wife. And John had been challenging the oppressive economic practices of the Roman Empire. John's arrest signals danger for Jesus. So Jesus flees to Galilee. Here, Matthew interjects a prophecy from Isaiah, the prophecy we heard in our first reading today. Naphtali and Zebulun were two of the 12 tribes of Israel, not well regarded at the time. When Isaiah was writing, the region was under the dominion of the Assyrians. It was a land of deep darkness. The people were subject to the demands of their conquerors, which might include heavy taxation or enslavement. Hunger was ever-present. Poverty was rampant. The prophet foretells a time when light will shine. The oppressive rule of the empire will be transformed, replaced by divine justice. Instead of poverty, the people will experience the joy of abundance, like a plentiful harvest or the spoils of a victor in battle. Matthew takes Isaiah's prophecy and brings it into his context, where the oppressor is the Roman Empire. As in Isaiah's time, the people in Matthew's time sat in darkness and the shadow of death. Subject to the harsh rule of the Roman emperor and his puppet King Herod. Recalling the prophecy of Isaiah offers a vision of transformation, overcoming the power of death and walking in a new light. Jesus lives in this world where the shadow of death looms large. Yet, when he flees to Galilee, he doesn't go into hiding, escaping from the empire. Rather, he proclaims boldly, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. The kingdom of heaven. Not the Roman Empire, but the rule of God, a kingdom that is freely chosen, not violently forced. 
place where God, not Caesar, reigns as creator and savior. Jesus co-opts the language of empire and offers an alternative vision, directly challenging the Roman emperor. Having proclaimed that the kingdom of heaven has come near, Jesus calls four men to follow him into a new way of life. Repent, says Jesus. Turn. Change your ways. These men are fishers, laborers in the imperial economy, whose work product, fish, was controlled by the empire through enforced contracts and production quotas and taxation. Jesus invites these fishers to choose a different way, to follow him and become part of a new way of life, a new community, a new kingdom where God reigns with justice and righteousness. That new way required them to leave everything, to let go of the nets that entangled them in the oppressive practices of the empire. It required James and John to leave their father, to commit instead to Jesus. Transformed, they would invite others into this alternative way. As Matthew tells the story, the signs of this new way are immediately evident. Jesus continues to proclaim that the kingdom of heaven is near, and the people come, and they're cured of all kinds of diseases and sickness. These healings are a concrete sign of repair of the damage being done by the empire. Life in poverty with food insecurity and poor hygiene that resulted in illness and death. A new day was dawning. Light emerging in a time and a land of deep darkness. Peter and Andrew, then James and John, glimpsed that new light as Jesus proclaimed, the kingdom of heaven has come near. So when Jesus said, follow me, they did. They joined Jesus in his life-giving work, fishing for people, inviting others to follow the light. Women, as well as men, followed, and the Jesus movement began. With those first disciples, we 
are invited to follow Jesus. The call to follow is not the same as a decision about education or employment or family, although those choices may be part of our discipleship. Jesus calls us first to repent, to change our lives by rejecting allegiance to the death-dealing powers of our day and instead walking in the way of life. Now, in the United States today, we don't live under the harsh rule of an oppressive occupying empire. But our lives are entangled with the powers of death. The legacy of racism and colonialism that shapes structures and systems in our country and our church. A badly broken system of immigration that denies human dignity and leaves vulnerable people in poverty and fear. A housing crisis that has led to more and more encampments of tents and RVs throughout the Bay Area and beyond. The climate crisis that threatens the survival of our planet and its inhabitants. Following Jesus means that we join others in standing against these oppressive forces. Following Jesus means looking together for the light shining in the darkness that we can participate in God's reign of liberation and love. Following Jesus means inviting others to join us in this holy work. Follow me, says Jesus. Sometimes that call comes with blazing clarity as it did for Peter, Andrew, James, and John, leading to a dramatic change in our commitments to family or employment or education. Sometimes awareness of the call dawns gradually. We may see it only in retrospect as we look back over our life. Our response to Jesus' call brings us into a community and a movement, gathering for worship, to hear the word, pour out our prayers for the world, to give thanks and break bread together. Our worship helps tune our hearts and our lives to Jesus' startling announcement that God's reign of justice and love has come near and to his persistent call to repent and follow him. Transformed, we go forth into the world bearing God's love, standing against the oppressive, death-dealing powers of our time, 
and inviting others to join us in this new way of life. Follow me, says Jesus. How will you respond?